This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello, my name is Sophie Wilson and this podcast is for business owners and creatives who want to cultivate big brand energy and stand out online. By listening, you will learn how to be fulfilled in what you're doing work-wise and get educated on how best to market yourself in 2022. Welcome back, everyone, to the Big Brand Energy Podcast. Today, we have Jesse Williams here in the studio. It's a celebrity moment for me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. She's a big deal. If you haven't heard of her, she's a business mentor and coach, and she literally exemplifies Big Brand Energy like there is no tomorrow. And we're going to talk about all the things that she does in her brand, all the things that she sees in her clients, and just how you can replicate what she's got. Or you can, you know, die trying because <laughs> it's pretty impressive stuff. Welcome to the podcast, Jessie. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here, honestly. And like, I feel like I've already, I'm already happy just by my hype off of the intro. Yeah. yeah that's that's my Done. job. You, Done. you know, mic drop. <laughs> Lucky they're attached. That's all I can say. Obviously, I've just said you're a business coach and mentor, but I'd love to hear how you define what you do. Oh, that's like such a good question because it's like, yeah, I really would just be like, yep, business coach, mentor, but it really is more than that. And obviously you would know being in my world, like when you hear the word business coach, so many people straight away go to like logic, strategy, funnels and like all the things. And I would say that's very much not really the case for me of like, I I really look at things holistically and I would say I look at business from the human first. So not to say that that's the right way to run a business. And there's a lot of people who run businesses doing the funnel things and actually just looking at the masculine stuff. But for me and how I love to create business and build a business and how I help my clients build a business is by building themselves first. So I would very much say I'm like a human builder. And then that just like naturally transcends into how they show up in their business and their brand. So well said. And what do you think that like, would be being the behind the veil of so many people's, you know, businesses, seeing so much stuff that people go through. What do you think would be the biggest trend, for lack of a better term, of like what people are dealing with or what are their blocks? Like what do you think it comes down to? Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say comparison. And, and seeing other people and making that mean something about themselves. So it's mm. like when they see someone, oh my gosh, they're making that much money. That means I'm behind. Oh my gosh, they're launching that kind of program. That means I must be copying because I was thinking of that too. Oh my gosh, that person's there in business and they started after me. So I'm slow or even like seeing people in terms of who they're investing in and what they're doing. And they're like, oh, I'm a slow processor. So it's like really a lot of comparison in the industry and whatever it is, whether it's monetary or like what they're doing as a human, there's a lot of really seeing something. And now I'm going to create a story about myself as a result of that. And then the stories actually cock block them from from building things in their businesses because now, oh, I won't launch that offer or I can't sell that or or I'm annoying or people are sick of hearing me launch and sell and things like that. So I would say a lot of influence and how they're being influenced by what they're witnessing in their external environment. That's so true. Mm. I can relate to that. Have you personally dealt with that yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) really yeah I feel like that's a human thing like I just feel like that's such a human thing totally and I mean that makes sense but what have you dealt with like where do you probably you've dissolved a lot of stories I know that to be true because you've shared about it but what do you think has been your biggest dissolvation? Mm, yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep we, that in. We, that's, that's a term now. I'm going to coin it. Um, yeah. So I would say one of the biggest things I've probably dissolved is the misunderstood piece 
oh, that's the same thing that I face. Yeah. So a lot of stuff around knowing what I want for myself and like the most loving, powerful, intentional version of me that knows my power and sees what's possible and like always knew what I was going to create in in terms of a business and a brand and this other part of me of like you know people are going to misunderstand me they're going to think that I'm money hungry or they're going to think that I don't care about people or they're going to think that I'm weird or I'm or I'm quirky or I'm silly or like I'm obnoxious or it was just like all of the things of like I'm going to lose control of how people are going to perceive me and the more space I take up the more unapologetic I become the less control I'm going to have and and that's what it felt like and I actually don't believe that now but it yeah it was a really big part of me where I would say just a huge part of my journey was dissolving the peace around that people misunderstand me and it was a lot of coming into reshaping my perception of of humans and you know that I always say having the most generous interpretation now yeah so I would say for me to dissolve that I had to do a lot of work around having the most generous interpretation of my clients of my audience of the people in my world and I really had to shift that into like assuming that they were assuming the best yeah assuming that they thought I was powerful assuming that they thought that I was kind and heart-centered and assuming that they thought that I was intelligent and I could articulate myself and like whatever it was I just had to hold that I just am going to assume that everyone assumes the best of me and that really really helped me in terms of being able to have more confidence to show up but also it feels good for for other people in your audience they feel when you're having the most generous interpretation of them also Yeah, yeah absolutely and that's so well said and that's why it's so interesting that you know I'm obviously a marketer at heart and that's why I as well with all my clients go for that human first approach and why I connect with you so much Mm -hmm. because of course business is business personal is personal Mm -hmm. but it's like your interpretation of what you're going through is affecting how you show up online yeah so interesting yeah absolutely because even the visibility piece it's like if you're just in the business coaching box and a client's like how do I build my brand I'm like show up on your Instagram story and talk more but if they are like oh my gosh but people are going to judge me and 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 I don't articulate myself and I'm not smart enough and I don't know enough well they're not going to show up and they're not going to be on their story so it's like it's one thing to be able to advise someone a strategy but it's really for me about supporting their evolution as a human to be able to have flow with the strategy absolutely yeah. and it's not going to do a person who shows up inauthentically any good to show up on the story right mm-hmm. like the strategy piece there's a massive mismatch if you don't do that internal yeah unblocking I mm-hmm. think is the right term yeah. I would say yeah so true so I really would love to like segue now into this marketing chat Because, so first of all, I'm just going to ask you, what is big brand energy to you? Big brand energy to me is visibility and I would say obnoxious energy, obnoxious energy. Oh my gosh, please unpack that more for me. Yeah, so I feel like we have a really bad relationship to the word obnoxious. Like we think about it and oh my gosh, that could be, that would the worst criticism, right? If someone called you obnoxious, it would be like a stab in the heart. But for me, it's actually playing with that energy. It's actually playing with that energy and something that I've really come into and I would say that's really leveraged my brand is allowing myself to be delusional. So there was this part of me and I would say it's probably similar to the same part that didn't want to be misunderstood, but it was like this fear of being wrong. What if I think I'm smart, but like everyone sees me here? What if I think that I'm good at business and everyone sees me here? So it was this fear of being wrong and like wanting to play small and and be like lesser than and and also the wanting to be humble and how much we pedestal humbleness and Mm -hmm. things like that. 
And then really it's like this energy of just coming into like, what if I am great? What if I am smart? What if I'm actually really powerful? What if I have really cool perspectives? And then from, from what if it's, I am smart, I am powerful. I do have really cool perspectives. And it's really just like playing in that from an energy of it's okay to be wrong. And it's okay for everyone to think that I'm not. But if I feel that in myself and and what you actually get to feel in your body and what you create and how you build a brand and actually just like playing in the energy of just being the most obnoxious bitch that like you're actually just full send it vibes you yeah, know absolutely and, and what you get to play in that space and what you get to feel and even how other people feel moving in your world it is the biggest permission slip like we think it's dangerous to play in the energy of being obnoxious but it's a permission slip for people so for me it's just a really fun energy and it's just like taking confidence to new levels yeah absolutely I always speak about taking risks with your content mm. but it's it's funny because you've just put an more intense spin on that mm, it's because yeah. it's not just about taking risks with the format of your content yeah. or what you're saying on your content it's like what if this is mic drop energy every single time you speak yeah yeah take the risk like claim it as that and then oh no what's the worst case scenario people didn't get it yeah it's, yeah yeah and what's so interesting is like I actually believe that often we we create more of what we fear so yeah. it's like when we have these fear stories we do everything we can to avoid them but we end up making them come true so it's like even if there is a part of us that we doubt that we're not articulate or we're not we actually end up not being able to articulate ourselves we actually end up you know if you think that you're not powerful you actually end up showing in a way that you're watered down power so when you have these stories about yourself that are limiting they actually end up becoming true so it's like the same energy in reverse of like when when you play into the energy of confidence and intelligence and and power and and whatever it is that ends up being true too yeah Yeah. totally and it's almost like this is what I suggest to people is to just play in the energy as an experiment Mm. like throw your hands up in the air and just be like cool, pretend law of attraction is real, pretend you can show up and you're confident as hell and then just watch how everything shifts for you. Yeah. It's yep. just like... Yeah. And it's not even like an energy of fake it till you make it. No. Like it, it, it it's, it's sort of that, but it's so much bigger. It's not like actually, you know, emotional bypassing. No. It's actually just playing with energy. It's yeah. a very, very different feeling to actually like pretend you're not feeling something and ignore it and suppress it versus to see something's real and like, I'm going to transmute that, but just playing with the energy, you yeah. know, and just like making it something else. And I think that's really cool yeah totally agree with you I really want to speak to the coaching industry because obviously a lot of your clients are coaches yeah and I just want to get your perspective on what you what do you think of the industry like I'll start there what do you think of the industry yeah yeah. it's so interesting I actually did a post the other day and I was like how you view the industry right now is probably a reflection of how you view yourself Oh, that's so true. We just like, to that. yeah, it's just like, you know, we're like the whole industry is this or the whole industry is that right now. And, and I've seen a lot of the whole industry is like drama and the whole industry is like money hungry. And it's like, if it's an everyone thing, it's probably partially you thing too. Yes. So for me, like, honestly, how I view the industry is, is I've never seen it more expansive. I actually think we've never had more ability to move than we do right now. We've never had more access to, uh, you know, knowledge and education. We've never had more access to freedom of coaches and who we work with it's like you even think about like a health coach you know there was a time where it was like who lives in your town that's you're working with who lives in your town now it's like you can work with anyone all over the world and and even just like where we're out of like you know you get government assistance if you can't find a job like we're not in as we we feel like there's so much danger and like oh my gosh what if I don't make it and okay cool the government's gonna pay you 
to be yeah. on Centrelink. You know, like we've actually got so much safety and we don't look at it like that because we shame the safety nut. Yeah. But really it's like when you just look at it as like you can you can just go and you've got a safe leaping pad there, it's fine. So for me, I think the industry is like really, really cool. I think it's full of potential. I think people are getting bolder. I think people are starting to move quicker. I think we're going to start seeing like honestly people moving faster and faster and faster. And I think we're going to see people becoming more powerful. And what's really going to be interesting, I think there's going to be pretty huge segue in the industry where people either love and respond well to that power or they shrink from the power. And I think that's kind of where the vibe's going to go. I completely agree with you. And I think that it's it's funny because when I view coaches, right, I, I used to not get it. Mm. I used to not really fully understand it. I was more in the corporate swing of things. Mm. And th- now that I've experienced the marketing world as it is now. And I'm talking about marketing because that's my thing. But in terms of business as well, it's like if you want to achieve better things, it's no longer possible to outsource your entire strategy, content creation, everything to an agency and get as powerful results Mm. as you being involved and having all these integrations. And because authentic content is about authentically being true to you, not about no makeup. I said that on the last podcast, but it's my new thing. I think I'm getting it a lot. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I just want to show up and just like, you know, not care. That's not authentic. But you're caring by saying that you're not caring. Exactly. You're going for that aesthetic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and I just think it's like coaching right now is, is the future in more ways than one, not just business, not just um, health. I think, you know, even the way the say nutritional world has has moved it's Mm. like these consultations and and everything have shifted into more of a weekly check-in what's actually going on with your body Mm. because let's actually address that instead of just you know giving all the scripts and whatever yeah and I think it's like a business is like a body it's Mm. like all of them are different there's some things that work but you need to have that person who actually has that view on you Mm. to to really reflect what you actually need yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And even with what you said, like how, how more and more coming into the space, even like, you know, there'll be teachers now that are like, oh, I want to be a teacher, but I also want to work for myself and there's the capacity online. I'm going to be an online tutor. Like the, exactly. there's just going to be so many people that are working in industries of like, you know, I even have a client that was working interior design and now she does interior design online. Like there's just going to be so much capacity to work with people in, in a way of like just online digitally and in the coaching space as well, but just so much bigger than that. Yeah, and let's play with that teacher thing a little bit because it's so true because you you think about that as every other teacher, right, viewing Mm. that and honestly the projection being like, I want that. But Mm. what's coming through is I can't have that. That's, you know, that's not real teaching. That's Mm. not all those projections coming through. Whereas you you strip it back and that tutor will be working with that student one-on-one getting better results for that student. Absolutely. It's yep. so crazy. Yep. Wholeheartedly. And then if you think about if every student had their own tutor, how many tutors there could be and like yeah. it's just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. The capacity for like what we can actually create and, and because we get so caught up in this little box vision of like how everything has always been done. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that doesn't exist yet. But it's like someone's always got to go first. So it's like just seeing like people like think outside of the box in what they get to create as well. Yeah, totally agree. With the coaching industry in terms of content, in terms of showing up online, what gives you the ick? Oh, what gives me the ick? 
just bro marketing. Yeah. Just bro marketing, which not like not in a way that it's inferior, it's wrong. It's just not my vibe. Yeah. It's just not my vibe. Yeah. So I, I would say like a lot of bro marketing, I would say in a way love and like I'm going to go to polar opposite ends of the spectrum and contradict myself here. Oh yeah. But, I love but, that. but we love it. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to say love and light marketing, but also like traumatizing marketing. So yeah. it's like people not being able to like navigate. Cause I, I see like love and light marketing where it's like, you can't speak to people's pain and things like that. And it's all like this love and like you can do it and things like that. But for me, that actually is reshaming people because if you can't even talk about and acknowledge their pain, it's making them feel like there's something wrong with them. Absolutely. So, so for me, it's balanced being able to witness people in their pain call them forward in in what they're doing wrong and actually showing them and reflecting blind spots but not in a way of feeling like they need it and they're broken and they're never going to survive as a human if they don't have it you know so I would say the biggest ics is like making people feel bad wrong and broken for not investing but equally just the love and light vibe where we're actually bypassing people's wounds as well yeah absolutely well said what's your two cents about selling on Instagram. I already know. <laughs> Tell my people. <laughs> sell, 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 sell. <laughs> you've, got yeah. no, you've got no blocks coming yeah. up with that. Hey? No, I have zero blocks around selling and I used to. I used yep. to have huge blocks and like every story under the sun, I've probably said it. But now it's just like where I'm at is is a few things. It's like, first of all, you think, does Prada take a day off selling? Do they just shut their doors and say, we've sold a bit too much this week? Like no more bags today. Yeah. You know, like can you imagine <laughs> Imagine Nike closing their doors and being like, we've sold too many shoes. We've we've done too many ads. We've got too many billboards. We're being so obnoxious. We just need to like let everyone breathe or they're going to think like, you know, these big brand energy, they're not on that level. They're just no. selling unapologetically and trusting that their audience know whether they need their shoes or not. Exactly. You know, so... I would say there's that part and there's also a piece around like us letting go of the projection that like every single person who follows us is watching every single story that we post every single day. Yeah. I've had like things that I've launched and I've honestly probably sold them like 15, 16 times and then on the 16th day, someone's like DM me being like, what's this offer? And I'm like, well, how did you not? But it's like, again, retracting the projection. Like you don't watch my stuff all the time and that's fine. So there's just always a level of like people not seeing things. And, and also your business, people are choosing to unfollow you and they can choose to unfollow you, you oh, know? So true. So true. And yeah. it's so funny if you just thought about the fact that even if the people are viewing your stories, this is what really helped me. They're not retaining the information. They're actually just reptilian braining going yep. tap, tap, tap. And then they might just decide to read it one day. Absolutely. I've even, you know, sometimes it's like you're in you're, you're in a coffee shop or you're doing whatever or you're on the couch and you're like, oh, I'm not vibing that now. But then later you're in energy where you do want to plug in, which I think is cool. So it's just acknowledging that like not everyone's studying, yeah. studying your stories like studying, you are, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like oh you're my God, revisiting. You, you said the same thing 10 times or, <laughs> you know, which is really cool. Yeah. And yeah, I just think there's, yeah, it's just like letting yourself just take up space and, and know that people can unfollow you and, and have all the things and it's really okay and even for me I would say and I not that I sell like this every time and I've got different styles of selling but I've also found a way to sell now where I sell in a way that I'm telling a story or I'm speaking to something or sharing something or you know giving away like a piece of value with the story exactly so if someone didn't buy my product they still got value out of the story yeah does that make sense it so does. it's like you we, we can even sell in a way that it's like hey you don't have to buy my offer i'm gonna sell this in a way that you get value just from the story of how i'm selling my offer which is cool too yeah totally yeah. okay i've also just got a like 
tell everyone your glorious year on track to one million dollars <laughs> revenue or profit. How do you say? Yeah, how revenue. you say? It? <laughs> how you say this? <laughs> yeah, it revenue. will be re- it'll be revenue. Love yeah. that. Yeah, but we know coaching's high profit too. Yeah, yeah. well, that's just epic. So celebrating yeah. that trajectory for you. Thank you. Break it down. What internal work did you have to do in order to hold this new level of yourself? Mm, a lot of shadow work. Yeah, yes. a lot of shadow work, a lot of like releasing my concept of self and and how I wanted to be seen and things like that. Yep. So even, you know, I had to do work around having a greed shadow where I actually felt, you know, unconsciously, not consciously, but from an unconscious level, I actually felt that if I make too much money, then I'm a greedy person and, and I'm going to be abandoned. I'm going to be rejected. My friends won't care for me anymore. Like no one, it doesn't make sense, but no. it felt in my body that unsafe to keep growing, unsafe to keep making more money so I would say a huge part for me was knowing that I could keep growing and I would still receive love I could be successful and I could take up space and still receive love so that was a huge part for me and you would think consciously oh the more successful you are the more people love you it's just but it's not what you feel on an unconscious level absolutely we're just not wired like that yeah so a lot of like letting go of conditioning around what it means to be successful and what would happen if I was successful and I would say a lot of in that I've I've probably ended more friendships this year than I've ended in my whole 28 years and just really cleaning things up so that I could have people in my world that I would say I've transcended beyond having people who can hold me in my power I've actually got people that amplify it now so there was like a time for me where there was like people in my life that I would celebrate and they would say the right things like I'm so proud of you and congratulations but I felt this energy of you're making this about you I felt this energy of like you're feeling jealous or lesser than or like you actually are not even holding me in where I'm at and then the next level was having people in my circle that could hold it like nothing would come up for them and they could hold strong in it and where I'm at now is I have people who amplify it I have people who see it who see it bigger than I do who encourage it and celebrate it and with so much like genuine care so there's been a lot for me in terms of having to navigate the people in my world and that's even like cleaning up like client relationships and like so much in my business around what I what I will tolerate and things like that and I would say the biggest thing is having higher standards for myself. So mm-hmm having to have higher standards in terms of how I communicate, how I lead, how I run containers. Like I kind of stopped having to do things where I'm like, if I was like a multi-million dollar CEO, am I entertaining this? No, I'm not. And I just had to not entertain it. So it was really like asking myself, is like the seven figure CEO version of me doing this? Is a seven figure version of me replying to every single DM? She doesn't have time. No. She doesn't have time for that. Like, why am I making it that I have time for it? So there's been like a lot of things where I've just like had to navigate what I, what standards I hold for myself. And then the final one would be a congruency piece. So that's probably been my biggest theme of this year is coming into congruency of where I say I value one thing, but I'm like doing another. So it's like where I say I value my health, but I've ordered Uber Eats for the fourth time this week, you know, and things like that. So that's really, a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow, right? Because <laughs> we're like, I'm so healthy, yeah. but like, it's so easy to like bypass and and things like that. And we also have standards of like, yeah. someone could be healthy 
because that's their standard of health and then someone else is healthy but that's their standard of health exactly. so there's been like me raising a lot of standards in terms of like even with like my fiance like the communication that's a baseline like yeah. the, how we need to communicate if like something like everything in my life now is just like squeaky clean in friendships in my relationship in in my health in um, my business with my client containers like there's just a lot of stuff that that I've had to set standards around and also things that I've just had to come into congruency of seeing where I actually wasn't being a congruent human and that can even transcend into like launching offers and and all the things all the things yeah it's like recognizing what your standards should be then supporting them with the boundaries internal external and then you know being okay that you've just actually cut a lot of things out yeah people things you enjoy and holding yourself in that space yeah yeah and even the part of like things that you enjoy but you enjoy because they're like you've trauma bonded with them (laughs) i've trauma bonded with uber eats what do i do (laughs) it's actually true it's actually it's funny because it's true so yeah yeah, there's there's definitely like a part where it's just easy it's comfortable it's like you think you love it but then it gets to a point where you hate letting it go for a period of time but then when your body like reconditions or whatever and you're like whoa look my friend my best friends and i have this running joke called the toxic ex-boyfriend yep And it's basically this concept where when sometimes people are in an unhealthy relationship, they're like, it's fine. Like, it's actually not that bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm feeling very attacked. (laughs) Yeah. They like gaslight themselves and they're like, it's actually not that bad. Like, this is just what couples go through. Like all couples fight, but it's like, it's kind of toxic, you know, but like for them, it doesn't feel toxic. It feels like a normal relationship. And then when people come out of the relationship, they're like, whoa that was a toxic relationship so we have these jokes with things that we do even with like say our health I'm like oh that was a toxic ex-boyfriend or I was like oh this is fine so even I'll give you an example where I was still doing calls on Saturdays yeah and and (laughs) no but I love my business yeah I love I love my business I love doing calls on Saturdays right like fully gaslit myself but I but I that felt true that felt like it wasn't a thing right and my mentor was like you need to let go of this Saturday thing and I was like but what about clients who work like nine to five and like and she was like not your problem kind of thing you know like you get to choose now and so I let go of the Saturday thing and my first Saturday not doing calls, I was like, yeah, that was a toxic ex-boyfriend, you know, like, wow, why was I doing Saturdays for so long? So there's been a lot of things where it's like, we almost gaslight, I would say we gaslight ourselves, but more than that, they actually feel okay. Yeah. You know, there's things that actually feel okay. It's not a drainer. It's not heavy. It's not leaky. And that's the next level thing because sometimes people look at, oh, what's leaky in my business? What's heavy in my business? What's like really taking up a lot of time and energy? I'm like beyond that. I'm beyond what's leaky. I'm like, what am I saying is okay, but isn't supporting my evolution? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The biggest shift I've made all year in my business, thanks to you, is recognizing that me saying, I don't like to party <laughs> and then going in and having drinks because it's my friend's birthday though, yeah, yeah, yeah. or because it's my like family's, mm. you know, big thing. It's like, Oh, but that's, you know, that's because it's this massive event. Yeah. Guess what? I've got a really wide network of social, like yeah. social networks. So that could happen every single week, Yeah, you know, twice a week potentially if yeah. that is my standard. So it's like, okay, 
Yeah. And I see that as my toxic ex-boyfriend. Like, yeah. no, no, no. It's fine if it's a special occasion though. Like, and I'm like, yeah. no. It's actually not. Because then you feel crap the next day. And, yeah. then, and then you got brain fog. And then it's like your whole week. And then you do it again. Like, it's yeah. it's just like not worth it. It's just like coming into like tighter boundaries with yourself as well. Yeah, totally. And you just gotta, you've just got to be honest. Mm. And you've just, yeah. You've you got to have hard conversations yeah. and, and journaling and stuff with that too. You absolutely do. I agree. I have a few other questions that I just kind of thought would be fun to to play in. You have no preparation, so good luck to you. Okay, um, <laughs> let's do it. No, this one's, it's relatively easy, but it's it's around failure. I'm just interested to know, you know, what is your relationship with failure? Uh, fail hard and fail fast. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that I'm not going to coin that. I actually heard that from someone else, but that really hit me. I probably heard it, I reckon, around 2019, 2020, and it was this woman. Um, I can't remember her surname. I know her name was Morgan. Yeah, I, I remember her saying this thing, fail hard and fail fast. Yeah. And people had always said to her she'd grown, like at that time, she'd grown like a multi-million dollar business online doing coaching and things like that. And people were like, how have you done it? How are you so fearless? And how are you so confident? And And she said, I fail hard and I fail fast. And she said... I'm so unafraid of failure because I know it doesn't mean anything about me as a person and it's inevitable that I will, I will, I will go so hard at it that I will fail hard, but I'll fail so fast that I failed 10 times and got it right in the time someone's been too scared to fail one time, which for me is, it's it, you know, I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to launch things and do things and, and that obnoxious energy as well. So even a couple of months ago, my, my best friend and I were sitting on our couch and we were just having this fun day and we're like, let's just launch some stuff, you know, like let's launch stuff today. Let's just pull things out and just launch them. And, mm. and we were sitting there and we launched all these offers and the big, the big mama for me was I, I offered a 10K in-person VIP day where I was like, you can fly to me, drive to me wherever you live and we'll spend the day together doing what I would do in my day-to-day life. Like we, we can train, we can get coffee, we can do all the things and you can pick my mind and we can workshop business. Like we'll spend the day like really just like calibrating to a higher frequency and, and it was going to be $10,000. And did I feel like someone was going to pay $10,000 with a VIP day for me? Not necessarily, but it wasn't about that. It was it was about that that was what would feel clean for me. So mm. for someone to just like come and be in my physical proximity and me to spend my, a day's worth of time and energy, I would say $10,000 with where I'm at in business. And the other part is I was like, I'm going to sell one-to-one spots and I'm going to sell my mastermind and I'm going to sell my group offers because someone's launched, seeing me launch a 10K VIP day. So there was like a part where I was like, someone could look at that as like failing if it didn't sell. But for me, selling wasn't even a failure. It was irrelevant. So there's also the element of not only am I okay to fail at things and things not to work and I just try again. There's also an element of like, what is the beauty outside of the failure? And it's so much deeper than like, what's the lesson? It's like, you could look at, okay, that didn't sell, you failed. I look at it as if that didn't sell, I created really cool branding. Yeah. I created really cool branding that I'm a coach that's launching 10K VIP days and there's now clients being like, I don't want the VIP day, but that was so cool. What's one-to-one with you look like? Yeah. So there's like, there's always elements where things are moving for us regardless of the quote-unquote failure. So Absolutely. that's the vibe for me. And it's also like, just to speak on that a bit more, it's like disrupt your feed. Disrupt like you're, you're seeing, we're seeing like Jesse Williams putting out these offers and like, of course, sometimes we're reading like when you're in that, when you're plugging in in that energy, but sometimes you're not. Fuck. Now I'm looking yeah, like yeah, 10K yeah. to spend VIP days. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, just yeah. get in people's faces. And I completely agree. Yeah. So good. What's been your favorite failure? My favorite failure. 
One of my favorite failures is an offer that I launched. Uh, I would say that was early 2021. And the reason it was a favorite failure for me is it just sent me on a new trajectory. So yeah. sometimes there's things where you fail and it's like get up and try again and try again and try again and keep trying until it's not. And then there's things where you fail and you check of like, was there a reason that failed or that's not working? And that's, is there something there? And that was the case for me. So I launched an offer and at the time I was doing fitness, like health, fitness and mindset coaching. And I got so passionate about the mindset coaching and I was doing a lot of that. And I had a signature offer, which was you could get nutrition training and mindset coaching all in one. And I loved it. And I scaled my business at that time to around 30K months, purely off one-to-one launching that offer. And I decided to launch a group container. And what I did was I took out my favorite component, which was mindset. And I launched a nutrition and training only offer. And I would say, not that it flopped, but it definitely didn't go anywhere near how I thought it was going to go. And and I'd done all the bells and whistles. I'd hired a photographer and done a photo shoot and I'd done the graphics and I had all the design and I was like like feeling hot shit, you know, I was like, this is the coolest offer and this is going to pop off, you know? So when it launched and it was like slow, 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 and like not much really happening, I was like, that felt like a somewhat of a failure to me, like what, what I had expected. And I sat with it. I'm like, why did that not like go well? Like the branding was amazing and the marketing was amazing. And, and I felt like I spoke to it really clearly. And like, what was that? And when I sat with it, I'm like, oh, not aligned. Like mm. I just, I just took my favorite part of my offer and pulled it out and launched something with the rest. And I sat there and I was like, wow, I really love the mindset thing. And then what I sat with was I was like, I've really, I think I'm over the fitness thing. I don't yeah. think I'm supposed to be there. So I actually went in and I started creating a mindset course, which is now the discovery code. Yes. And my first launch, that was like, I had 40 people sign up. The course sold out. It was like absolutely amazing. So uh-huh. it really redirected me on a whole new path of like, just letting it, it was, it was like a permission to let go of that chapter. Totally. Cause it wasn't even like I was trying to make out, like I was already established in the fitness industry, you know? Yeah. So that's why I was like, why is this not working? And, and then I just realized I'm supposed to be somewhere else. So that's probably my favorite because uh, like what has happened from that moment forward has just been like me propelling down that, that more successful way. Absolutely. Wow. So true. Yeah. And to follow that one up, what's success to you? Mm. Success to me is freedom and joy to live out your, your values. Yeah. Yeah. Joy to live out your values. So for some people, money helps them meet values. And, and to me, it's just like, if I'm living a life which supports my human and allows my human to experience life in a way that my soul wants it to, I'm successful. So even for me with my business, there's so many things where my business is successful the money aside, which is amazing. And if anyone knows in my world, I'm all for like financial goals and and money wins and talking about money and things, but so much more than money. I'm like, I have a business, which means I don't have someone telling me what time I'm working. I get to sit in Canva and create offers if I want to. I get to use my mind and my creative expression and I actually get to create Canva posts and like be really, really creative. And the biggest thing is like, I get paid for my perspectives and my mind, like, like for me and 
I would say even as a child, that was a huge wound for me was my voice, you know, mm. of like, I was always the one who who wanted to say more or talk a lot, or I always asked the most questions in a class. Like yeah. I always was like, okay, but I have still have more questions. I still have, you know, so I had a lot of wounds around my voice being too much and I've created a business where people pay me for it. Yeah. Like that's so healing to me. So really I would look at like, I've always known that I'm someone who, who I love using my voice and, and I, my business is a channel to do that. So beyond like the money and things, I have a channel where I use my voice and that's cool. So I really just look at like, what, what does your human want to live in this moment? What does your human want to express and how can you use your business to play in that expression? I think that's success. Absolutely agree with you. So good. Do you believe that your flaws are also your greatest strengths? I do. Yeah, I I do. Because I also have come to that conclusion and just the way you spoke to, you know, being the one asking too many questions and all of that kind of thing, it's it's so true because that is your your literal power. Like yep. you fucking speak your mind and that's what impacts so many people. Mm. And it's it's so interesting because it's kind of like if you take it to star signs for me being a Gemini, there's the whole two-faced like flex that yep. people could perceive it as or slash could be true. Like it could be a toxic trait that is innate to my nature. Yeah, we'll keep that innate to my nature. (laughs) It's also the very thing that allows me to go into any room and be the social chameleon to make everyone feel seen. Yes. Like, hello. I love that. Perception. I love that. Yeah. And that's like, you know, let's go on the the star sign bandwagon. I'm yeah. a Leo. And yeah. it's like the toxic trait of the Leo is being bossy. And I'm like, I actually get to transmute that energy into leadership. Yes. So it's like, I really look at like, I actually think we have, there's always a, when we speak of frequency, there's always a shadow frequency and a gift frequency of every trait. Yes. So it's like, even you can look at bossy being the shadow frequency, but leadership can be the gift frequency. So I actually believe in in everything that we have to express, there's always like a gift frequency that we actually get to transcend into as well. Yeah. And also on that note, because we've talked about shadow work a little bit, I'm not sure that all my audience are familiar with it. Do you want to just give a little like run over of what it is? Yeah. To keep it like as short and simple as I can, shadow work is basically like doing work um, on uncovering your shadows, which are are the unconscious aspects of your personality or your identity. So they're really the part of you that that throughout your life and usually in childhood that you learn to suppress or underexpress because they were dangerous or safe. So you no longer see them in part of your concept of self. So that just basically means they're, they're blind spots in your psyche. So if someone thinks that they're not an angry person, doesn't mean they're not an angry person. They actually just don't see where their anger shows up. So yeah. yeah and while we're on the topic of that like jesse has a masterclass is the replay still available to purchase yeah it is the yeah work so there's a yeah. shadow work masterclass that i couldn't recommend higher it's so good and if that kind of sparked your interest but you want to know more i definitely put i'll put that in the show notes along yeah. with all our other offers because yeah shadow work is pretty fucking good yeah I, well, honestly life-changing for me yeah, yeah yeah it was the one thing where it was like you know when you do all the things but like nothing quite hits the spot yeah and then shadow work came along and I was like I get it yeah so there was like things where even it's like you find limiting beliefs and it's like hey well it's one thing to say that I don't believe that anymore but I don't feel that so yeah. it was like shadow work was actually you know bringing out things there's so many things that like you can only fix things with what you can see but what about all the things you can't see so shadow work brings what you can't see into the surface so you can actually fix them yeah totally and I really think it's probably credit to all your work like your shadow work stuff that you have literally flipped the switch on so many terms say obnoxiousness for me a huge one is manipulation being in marketing and for you obviously 
being in marketing too, essentially, it's like manipulation. The word feels heavy if you haven't done the work on the word, you know, and different people have different words, but, you know, you can manipulate clay to create this vase that you use and it's bringing so much joy to the world, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. As as much as you can manipulate to be an evil person, yeah. Like the words don't actually have the heavy meaning. We've 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 actually applied that. Yep, and absolutely. Yeah. Yep. In in business, so much is about perception. And if you're wanting people to perceive your brand as, you know, what you inherently like, going to attract all those clients and sales, mm. then you need to have the perception on your brand to attract to like attract yeah. that yeah you have to be able to manipulate I mean I manipulate my audience all the time but yeah. the way that I look at it is is I need to be manipulating that the right people come into my office because really if I was being unintentional there could be people who buy my office and come in and go where's the Facebook funnels where's the Facebook ads yeah exactly and I'm like well I didn't manipulate my marketing to ensure that I deflected the wrong people exactly. and I pulled in the right pe- like marketing just is manipulation as a whole yeah it's manipulating people to feel something see something and know something about your offer because you've been intentional and, and you've actually shifted how someone views it based on the words and the, and the colors that you use and all the things. Yeah, well said. And on that note, because you have built like a following and a really engaged audience purely organically, you haven't ever delved into Facebook ads. No. Yeah. I think I tried when I was like, oh, maybe in 2018, I tried to run like an ebook on a Facebook ad for like yep. a week and I put like $5 on the ad or like, yeah. and that, yep. that was, I was done. I was done and I was out. I so it. yeah, all organic for me. Yeah. And that's just that it's, it's crazy to view because obviously there's lots of people with lots of followers in the world, but you know, the brands that pour in to the Facebook ads, which is totally like a path to, to consider taking for the right brand and, and business. But it's just the the level of engagement on the likes of your posts, your offers, your buy-ins mm. is just tenfold anything that you could achieve on Facebook ads. Yeah, 100%. And I think the brand matters because like even my brother runs a business as well. Yeah. And what he spends on Facebook ads blows my mind. But yeah. the ROI on that is insane because it works for what he does. But, totally. but for me, it just doesn't make sense for my brand. And even on the engagement thing, I would say even sometimes when I have like low engagement, it doesn't even really phase me because I'm like, how many people are buying me offer? You know, I, I so many people that I love their stuff the most, I just forget to like it. I don't yeah. share. I'm just, I'm so in it that I'm like, that was great. And I've moved on, you know, yeah. not from a way of like, I'm not going to like it. You just don't think about it. So I think there's a part of just like when you organically build something like there's even deeper than people needing to engage with it there's people that just want to move from it yeah I agree and I think it's important to note as well like yes we're talking about levels of money being pulled into Facebook ads or growing organically but there is investment in organic growth yeah like there is so much time and there is money as well in Mm -hmm. content creation or honestly if you want to be if you want to be showing up better investment in mentorship it Mm. might be not as direct as money in a in a like interface but it's investment nonetheless yeah and that's also actually a non-planned great segue into mentorship as a concept I just want to quickly get you to speak to how much it's shifted your whole world and so people are encouraged to a reach out to you or whoever their mentor might be Mm. 
like where I'm at now, I just can't see myself not having a mentor. And I was actually chatting with one of my friends about this, how I actually don't believe that people need mentors all the time. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and there's this thing right now where people are taking everything so literally and, I, and yes. I'll get on my story and I'll be like, long-term mentorship is key. And like, I could never picture myself without a mentor now. And people hear it and go, oh, she's saying every single person needs a mentor all the time. And that's not what I'm saying. I can't picture myself without a mentor all the time, but do I believe that some people should have mentorship at every level? I do personally, like I wholeheartedly do. Like I actually think your business is going to leverage so much more if you at least dabble in it and and, and try it. And I have been investing since like pretty early days. So I did probably about 18 months to two years of business by myself. And it was just this, like just slow and, and I had messy and I didn't know. And since then, I've probably invested in maybe five mentors in terms of one-to-one. And now I've found my mentor that I'm settling with and I've been with her all year and I've already invested up until June next year and I'll stay with her long-term now. But I've always been in and out of spaces and every single time I've worked with a mentor, even if I didn't like quote-unquote get value, I, I, things moved and I learned things and I learned what I didn't like or what I didn't want to do. Like they've always been such huge learning experiences. Every single time for me, I've gone through a huge leap afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And I would vouch for that too. Ever since I've invested in mentorship, my whole world has changed. Yeah. And it's just crazy. You don't know until you know. Yeah. And even the, hum- the, the, the human thing as well yeah. of like – there's some people who just want to build a business logically, strategically and all the things and maybe they want to mentor on the strategy and that's fine as well. But but if they don't, they don't. But for me, I want to mentor because my business is to experience my human. Yeah. So I want my human to feel more confident and more happy and more excited and, and more creative and things like that. And having a mentor to soundboard things with and also to be able to have a safe sleeping pad when things don't go wrong or if there's something that dysregulates me and I have a safe space, that feels really supportive of me as a human. So I really like value that side of things as well and that transcends into business. Absolutely. And you, th- you think about why you started a business. It's not to feel anxious. It's not to feel imposter syndrome on the daily or to wonder when you're going to make it. It's not those reasons. It's not. So like if nothing else, like enjoy the journey. And and there's so many different ways you can invest in mentorship as well. Like, you know, there's like, as you said, long-term containers or there's, you know, five-day Voxer things with the right like coach or, you know, there's the likes of me who's podcast relevant. Like, you know, it's just like there are so many different niches and to support you on whatever like level you're at. So it's just like really anchoring into like what would serve you right now and like investing in that, take the risk. And like, it's always, no, it's not always going to come back a hundred percent because obviously there's so many people who may not be doing the perfect thing for you. Mm. But if you really tap into your intuition and use really good discretion, you could really pick a great fit and learn something. Yeah. And even like I, I had a coach I invested in, 18 months ago and at the time I didn't get anything out of it and I had no regret like I think I spent like maybe just over $15,000 with her and I didn't get anything out of it but I didn't regret it I wasn't bitter I wasn't angry I'm like cool I invested in mentorship and I chose a mentor and it wasn't the best fit but cool yeah and then 12 months later there were things that I was utilizing like sometimes it's not for 12 months later until things make sense and land and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool as well. I agree. I had a really good friend of mine invest in a nutrition coach for her and she found it really intense throughout the whole time. Like she was like, she got stuff from it, but she was like, 
honestly, I was relieved when it ended. Like, mm. And then, like, you know, three weeks later, she's like, wow, it's all coming now. Yeah. Like, this is what why I invested in it. And yeah. she, it's been, like, six months and she's, like, best investment she's ever made because little tiny skews of perspective, she's now been able to integrate and, like, she's way better for it. I think the worst thing we can do and the biggest cock block to using mentorship is when we come in with pressure that there's a time, there's an end date and we need to do all the things before the end date's up and we put pressure on ourselves to move. You're so full of pressure and in this proving forceful energy that you're actually blocking the flow. You're actually blocking receiving. You're actually not learning. You can't be in a learning energy when you're in a pressure energy. So like for me, how I like come into mentorship, I'm never like, what am I going to get out of this three months? you know it's never I'm just in mentorship for three months and and whether the the something drops and lands now in week two in week 12 or six months after the container I trust that I got what I needed yeah Yeah. exactly adjusting your expectations in every avenue in life is you know that's if you just take that from this episode I'm sure you'd be able to live a lot more calm so yeah wow I have absolutely loved this chat with you Jessie I blew my mind just as I thought it would but even more so I think so thank you so much for coming on I have loved it as I said earlier I'm going to pop all of Jessie's stuff in the show notes so go and stalk her go and get amongst it do her masterclasses buy in and yeah thanks so much for listening thanks guys